Welcome to This Osteopathic Life. This is Dr. Amelia Beakey. I am honored to share with you the philosophy that has underscored my personal and professional life and explore how osteopathy truly is for the health of all things. I see these principles in action every day in my varied roles as physician, parent, athlete, writer, musician, coach, and entrepreneur, and hope they will light the way for the path to your best health. Please note that while I am a physician, this podcast is intended to share general information and encourage discussion about medicine, health, and related subjects. The content provided in this podcast and in any linked materials is not intended and should not be construed as medical advice. Thank you for joining me for episode 26 of season one of This Osteopathic Life. I welcome you to September. 1st of September. It's hard to believe we're here already. And yet a big shout out of gratitude for surviving the tumult that has been the month of August. Perhaps all of you are experiencing this as well. It seems to be very prevalent for me and my current community that August in general and these last couple weeks in particular have been tough. They've been busy and complicated and the rushed balance of getting the final moments of summer, though I will still hold on to these remaining three weeks until the calendar actually turns over to autumn. And the startup of school year, the rush of excitement of school supplies, I will admit my son allowed me to help participate in choosing the color pattern for his school supplies this year, and I greatly appreciated that. And I look forward to the structured calendar of the school year, the framework to know where we are, to help us better utilize our time. Although I would pause and not say better, but just in a more predictable way, utilize our time. This has been one of the most unstructured summers for us. Normally our kids are in camps and we're working a lot more but in the flux that has been this past year of our lives, we were mostly just hanging out when we were together. When I was working, I was away and alone and working. And when I was with my kids, I was not working and just with them. And many parts of that were great. Our kids noted that they felt some appreciation for just having time to be and not having to get up and get to a camp every day. But there are also moments where you can see the benefits of having a focus point, a schedule, an idea of what's happening. And what came up for me as I was approaching this podcast and considering some different topics balanced against some of the writing I've been doing was the idea of flow. And in all of this chaos, in a lot of the struggles and trauma and complications that have come up personally for me and for a lot of my friends recently, is just to let things flow. And I contrast this to the idea of let it go, which has been a theme in our household for many of you who also have a six-ish-year-old daughter, as I do. But letting it go feels 
maybe more passive or more finite or more of an ending, you know, saying, let it go and it's gone. But when we think about letting it flow, it feels like a more active engagement, but without the struggle. And bear with me on this as I walk through some of the visualizations that came to me as I considered this concept. And water will always be a medium for me that is therapeutic. You know, I go to open water myself. That's my happy place. That's my site of restoration. You know, I grew up in Michigan and spending time on the Great Lakes is certainly paramount for me. But being here in Oregon, the Oregon coast certainly is lovely. And the creek here in town and the mountain lakes we have anywhere, there's open water. And the more movement there is in the water, the better. That said, I recognize the power of water and the power of currents that exist, and particularly in Lake Michigan, uh, where I called my home base from a waterfront perspective for a decade. The currents have been historically powerful and actually led to a record number of drownings this year. So it's important to always see the balance of the power to restore, to rejuvenate, and also the far end of that power as well and how to be respectful of that and to manage it and to learn how to survive, whether it's sometimes staying on the edge and just observing, whether it's being able to swim in the current and in the flow and recognizing how to not struggle against it and to align yourself so as not to be pulled under. And when that's a safe choice and thinking about letting things flow, that comes to mind for me. Where can I stand in the current of life and safely survive in that moment? Sometimes it is just listening, just listening for that movement around me and observing. Sometimes it's standing on the edge and maybe dipping in a toe. Sometimes I'm ready to fully submerge and swim with it and be an active participant. And man, some days it certainly feels like I've turned and I'm trying to paddle upstream. And that's when it becomes very clear that I'm often powerless against some of the energies of the universe against some of the energies and opinions and actions of other people uh, with whom I come into contact and realizing where my energy is best spent when it's just purely for survival, when it's able to be converted into a thriving aspect and when it's time to pull myself up on the riverbank and take a rest and see. So in this concept of flow, I began to think of the creative component. You think about getting in the flow when we're you know, an artist painting something or a writer you know, collecting thoughts and getting into their novel production. And it's been a challenging time for me this past week. As I mentioned, I've been keeping a daily blog for the Osteopathic Health Policy Fellowship and I've been keeping small ideas, but I haven't successfully been able to move those into production phase over this past week for a number of reasons. 
some of the scheduling, as I mentioned, some motivational, some just fatigue, you know, sitting down to write and just feeling really tired and some not being able to fully commit to an idea, maybe over-editing myself when I actually wrote one post about that. But some, I believe, came from the level of input I've had this week from a creative perspective. Where I live here in Southern Oregon, in Ashland, Oregon, is home of the Oregon Shakespeare Festival. And it's a nearly 10-month festival that highlights Shakespeare plays, but also world premieres of new productions and other genres of plays, musical and otherwise. And this year, there's a lineup of 11, which is my most favorite number, so that's helpful. And unfortunately for the company, they've had an underbooking in the month of August because last year we had a number of wildfires and the month of August is often the most challenging month for that here. And so people you know, kind of bet against the season essentially and didn't book to come to the theater in this month. And fortunately for us living here, the month has been beautiful. And we had one little stint of smoke late July, but otherwise the air has been clear and there are a number of empty seats. And as such, they've extended a number of discounts to locals and food drives that allow you to get tickets at $10 a seat, which is an amazing bargain for the level of production and the quality of the talent and directorship here. And I do appreciate that because it extends the opportunity to see these plays to people who otherwise wouldn't have afforded them and for us to be able to take our whole family when we might have been more selective for that financial investment multiplied by five and allowed and encouraged me to go on a bit of a streak. And I saw six plays over these past six days, so I've crossed the threshold of halfway through the season lineup, and I will complete that over these next couple months. Maybe not quite as steep of a discount, but I'm happy to support the theater company as I can, and I'm in a brace with my oldest son. I overtook him today somewhat unfairly as I took a friend instead of him to this play, um, but he's been loving going as well. And if you live in Southern Oregon or if you're nearby and can make it, I don't think you'll be disappointed with any of them. Um, some are massively amazing. Um, but in the course of this week, I've been consuming a lot of art and creativity. And I wondered if there was a block there that prevented me from creating from the output side. And I began thinking about that balance point and that ability to integrate both sides of being in the audience and being in the production. And in some of the research I did as I looked into this was this three C's pattern, and I love an alliteration. And the credit for this came from multiple sources, so my suspicion is it's likely from you know, business literature or you know, marketing or strategy and that some various authors have you know, taken it and turned it into programs that were their own. So the two sources that I'll credit with this were authors Jeremy Miller and Charlie Gilkey. 
the latter of whom has a book called Start Finishing, which seems like an intriguing title, and looking at these seven blogs that have been initiated but not completed, maybe that's a place I'll go once I get through the many other titles of books on the shelves that I have. In any case, the three C's that came up were consume, connect, and create. And finding what ratio of these works best for you, recognizing that that might fluctuate for you from time to time. You might spend more time in one and other times move into one of the others more consistently. But being able to cycle through is really where you can find success in that balance point of both being a consumer of creativity and knowledge and experience and also a creator of it. And both are important. And the key feature that came to me as I looked at this was the connect. And so as we're taking in all this new knowledge, hopefully from different vantage points and different genres, and I appreciate this past year in the places I've been and the people with whom I've been able to interact on different topics and viewpoints, and I see the variety reflected in the bookshelf in front of me in economics and medicine and self-help and fiction and you know cultural evaluations and even one science fiction novel that I need to read and see how that opens my eyes. So that consumption piece. And this week has been amazing to see the variety of these plays and the passion of the actors and the creativity of the directors and the response of the audience and the emotions evoked through the storylines and you know, the whimsy of the theatricality of it all and the power of music. So many amazing and inspiring pieces came from that. And one that I really appreciated that actually helped a lot with some of the tumult I've been experiencing in my life was from the play I saw last night, All's Well That Ends Well by William Shakespeare. And as OSF, the Oregon Shakespeare Festival, tends to do, there was a modern spin and even a bit of a rewrite of the ending, which personally I appreciated as the original ending to me never sat quite right. But the poster, kind of the lead intro for this play, highlights the line, love all, trust a few, do wrong to none. And reading that, you know, being the critic that I can be, I see the middle point and think, trust a few, hmm, that seems concerning. And I just come through this whole conversation of trusting in the good of humanity and taking people at their word and wanting to stick with that and not be jaded, you know, by some unfortunate circumstances. But at the same time, seeing the first and the last parts of that statement, love all, do wrong to none, perhaps that's where the distinction lies, that believing in the good of humanity happens in the loving all and doing wrong to none. And the idea of trusting a few isn't necessarily saying that no one's trustworthy, but those whom we're truly investing our trust and our confidence might be a smaller number. 
you know, the, those who need and deserve and can benefit from our love can be infinite, can be all. Those who deserve wrong from us are none. But those whom we can trust might very well be few. And that may just be how it is in our circles. And I've been one who values maybe fewer but deeper relationships. You know, I'd probably often more be in a one-on-one or a small group setting than a big, large collective gathering socially, you know, for a party or whatnot. And so that really was fascinating to me. And it also drew me back to the five agreements, which I've touched on in previous episodes and that I read back in the early months of this year. And they include, don't make assumptions. Don't take anything personally. Be impeccable with your word. Always do your best. And be skeptical, but learn to listen. And this one, again, skepticism sometimes sounds like a negative, you know, like you're always wary of it. But looking at kind of the expansion of this under this agreement, the explanation is as such. Don't believe yourself or anybody else. Use the power of doubt to question everything you hear. Is it really the truth? Listen to the intent behind the words and you will understand the real message. In this book, The Five Agreements, credit to Don Miguel Reese, MD. And as I read that, I appreciate it because it also says don't believe yourself or anybody else. So with anything, having a hefty dose of skepticism as a filter, you know, to listen for, is this true? What am I really trying to say? What are they really trying to say? And listening for that deeper meaning to the message. And I think that's something I've been practicing more. I still get burned on personally and with others. And it's also helped broaden my perspective through a challenging situation last year when in moving away from the area where we were, there were many big feelings. Many people were very hurt and you know, it was a challenging time. And one person in particular said to me that our move taught her that you can't count on anyone but yourself. And well, that felt like a very painful statement at the time that we were disappointing people. We were untrustworthy. We couldn't be counted upon. But if I can filter it through the five agreements, not taking it personally, always doing my best, and being skeptical but learn to listen, is that we can only control ourselves. We can only know what we are going to do in the next moment. And even that sometimes, as for us with the move last year, can shift. You know, there can be changes in things and we can have expectations and we can have hopes and we can make recommendations, but we can't know or control what anyone else is doing. And so I say all of this as I look at this ring, this cycle of consume, connect, create, and in consuming these different creative productions this past week and seeing the ties, so I'm making connections to past experiences, 
to other areas of expertise and harnessing that experience to allow me to solve some of the problems I'm experiencing in my daily life that seem very unrelated to a reinterpretation of a Shakespearean comedy, but at the same time are totally relevant and sometimes seeing it in that artistic context allows you to step back and say, that's what that means. This is what I'm experiencing. Wanting to take everyone at their word and trust in the good of humanity is possible. And it's still possible and okay and healthy to hold that hefty dose of skepticism and not put blind trust and faith into things, but to extend love and not to do any wrong and control yourself and move forward, doing your best, not taking it personally, not making assumptions, being impeccable with your word. And that was a powerful moment for me yesterday, and it has encouraged me today to move into the create portion. While I would love to be very consistent and perhaps we're getting into the schedule, the cadre, the structure that will support my function more effectively, will get me back into the rhythm of the daily blog and I can execute that way. But I'm also giving myself some grace and saying perhaps it was my time to be on that consume portion of the cycle to effectively create the connections I need to solve these other problems I have that are somewhat more prevalent than completing these writings this week. And now I can move with a clearer mindset and a more solid foundation and more bolstered creativity from what I've observed from my seat in the audience. I thought about the balance point of this as well, thinking of flow and of water in the way of filling up your bucket. And I've appreciated my daughter's teacher over these years talking about, you know, filling up emotional buckets. And when feelings are really big, we're having a hard time, sometimes, you know, we need our love bucket filled up. And considering the consumption and production standpoint, you know, thinking about a bucket but with a spigot at the end where you can let the water back out. And is it possible, you know, where's that point where you can keep the water flowing? You know, you're filling it up enough that there's always something that's able to come out on the other end. And depending on the diameter, you know, if it's a really big bucket and a really narrow spigot, you may be able to fill it up really quickly and with high volume and still keep it flowing out the other end. If those ratios were reversed, you know, you might have a lag, you know, you consume and you then let it all out and you have to wait and close that production spigot while you fill it back up again. And in my ideal world, I would be that first ratio where there's a way to keep taking in reading and music and theater and conversation and classes and this fellowship and still allow there to be consistent output on the other end. And I've been in that state. I found that. But lately, it's you know as if the bucket maybe is tipped backward and that spigot is no longer directly getting the flow from the input. And so we'll find 
that balance or that integration point again soon, hopefully here. So what of all this? This has been a more, almost feels like confessional or you know, personal output podcast than perhaps in previous. But I think it's important to understand where we are coming from as a person and as a physician balancing clinical life and fellowship and parenting and being an advocate and an activist and a writer and seeing that there are struggles and there are challenges and there are times when it's rocking out. You know, I put out the Daily Post for 10 days consistently without much interruption. And then sometimes you hit a speed bump or you hit a wall or you hit a dam or the river changes directions suddenly and you, know, you crashed into the bank and found yourself out of the current. And so where in your life are you experiencing any of these challenges? You know, with flow and are you able to survive and keep your head above water and swim with the current? Do you need to be on the side or maybe just in shallower water where you can wade in more safely? Do you need to sit on the sidelines, just dip your toes in or pull yourself completely out of that situation, stand on the riverbank and even back up further and just listen. Just listen to the energy of that flow and hear where it might take you and respect and honor the power that it has. Where are you in that cycle of consume, connect, and create? Are you spending all of your time in one of those? Are you constantly missing a step? For me, that connect step, which seems obvious, but it was a necessary piece of completing that for me. And I was fully in consumption mode for a while and more of a passive observer of that. But when I was able to take a more active role mentally and draw those connections, it was able to move me into the creative space more effectively. So consider that and consider where you spend most of your time and where you can take a more active role in advocating for yourself and investing in the other two. How are you doing as we move into September? Did August feel overwhelming for you? Are you finding your footing in the structure of the school year, in the shift of the seasons, you know, from the busy, long days of summer, and as we start to get shorter days and cooler temperatures and the crops begin to shift. How is that affecting you? And where would you like to start to form that structure in your life to allow for optimal function? We can always come back to these osteopathic principles as guideposts to help us through challenging times. I find it helpful to look at that structure-function relationship and whether that's doing a brain dump and writing down everything I've been thinking of and then looking through and finding those key features that can become pillars for me to move through and then hanging those smaller tasks between them, making it more manageable, making it seem like a functionally feasible to-do list. Where are you allowing yourself 
to be self-healing. You're giving yourself enough respite during these times that feel chaotic and confusing to pause and reset and look for that which rejuvenates you. For me, it's been time with people who are able to listen free of judgment and offer feedback when asked and other times just be a sounding board. It's been in physical activity, being outside on these clear days here in Oregon, spending time at the water when I'm back in Michigan, and beginning to map out what it'll look like for me balancing work and family life and physical fitness in the fellowship and creative outlets of writing and of music and learning what boundaries are. I had to say no to something this week that admittedly initially felt like a failure, but in the graciousness of this conversation, I realized it was just a boundary and it allowed me to participate more fully in later components with the same group. So there are creative ways forward and no is sometimes that method of steering yourself more appropriately into the level of flow and the degree of rapids that you can survive and hopefully thrive within. So those are the thoughts for this, our 26th episode. I thank you for listening. I hope you'll find the podcast, if you haven't already, on iTunes, rate and review. And I appreciate your listening and the encouragement to continue to find my way into the flow. This is Dr. Amelia Beakey in This Osteopathic Life. Thank you for listening.